Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I hope you're doing wonderfully well. I'm actually really looking forward to recording today's episode because I think it's going to be, I hope, incredibly useful to anyone who listens to it and a slightly different topic and a slightly different approach to how to accelerate your fat loss or your muscle gain uh, progress if that's one of your goals at the moment we're going to be talking about something that affects absolutely all of us it's something that I can almost guarantee you have either had problems with or noticed its impact and maybe at the moment it's the the biggest barrier or hurdle when it comes to making progress today we're going to be talking about sleep and uh, before I do so let's go into some of our admin if you haven't already have a look at our health check review we are brilliant at tracking various metrics to do with progress calories looking at our step target etc but we very rarely collate all of this information all together and put it into a one target one overall health score and the health check review will allow you to do this it's a series of evidence-based questions following a, a number of different categories that we will ask you questions on and depending on your approach to this we'll know more about your overall health and wellness so if you have not already take the health check review Clients, as ever, our lives are every single Wednesday in the Facebook group. These are streamed live on Wednesday. We obviously go over your QA, your questions from the week, but it's a brilliant opportunity for you to ask us questions there and then, for you to hear more about what is going on with other clients in the in the program, and just another brilliant opportunity to touch base. If you cannot make the call on a Wednesday at 6:30, no worries. It's always uploaded onto the podcast shortly after, so you can catch up there. But we do like to to see as many of you as possible joining us uh, for that for that 6:30 Wednesday session. And as ever, the first Wednesday of every single month, we have a group call. So the one obviously next coming up will be the December call, which will be a really good opportunity for us to be talking about what's going to going to be happening over the, the festive period. And if you have any particular questions related to, to you, your schedule, upcoming events, please bring it to that call. First Wednesday of, of the month, if I just open up my calendar, when is that this upcoming month? It will be on the 7th of December. So bring us your questions on the 7th of December and we'll be sitting down and having a chat with all of you. It's also lovely to see your faces um, in, between, in between calls and also gives you a chance to chat to and hear firsthand from other from other clients uh, regarding their progress so come and join us for that if you can that's the 7th of December today I'm going to be talking about sleep but uh, just before I go into that I want to touch on just the last couple of weeks and months really in regards to what's been going on so obviously if uh, if we've been chatting and I've been very much on the go whether it's been you know in the back of of an uber if I've been in a in a co-working space in the little uh, tiny sauna if we took uh, calls there you'll know that things have been all change in um in routine I'm really pleased to say that that is uh, that's the end of it no more living out of a suitcase no more uh, grabbing meals on the go or trying to um trying to work around different gyms etc 
what the last couple of months have flagged up to me has been the importance of routine and the importance of having a routine that works for you and the value in having a great routine is that it's pretty transferable it's pretty mobile and if you have a series of principles and an order of how you run your day times of the day that you know work best for you eating patterns that know that you know work well for you it bulletproofs you it really really does and um, we work with a lot of women who do a lot of traveling or who have various times in their year where there's an increase in the number of deadlines or who just constantly are working with a very very high demand on them uh, to do with you know their professional and personal role there's a lot going on at any given time it's really hammered home to me the importance of having a series of principles for yourself. Now, your guidelines, your structure, your framework might look different to someone else's, but having that in place is, is one of the things that's going to, as I say, bulletproof you. And it might not always be perfect. It might not. But the best thing about this is being able to package that routine and pick it up and move it and adapt it if you need to or having various routines that you know work equally well, knowing yourself well enough to know what works and what doesn't. Those things are skills and knowledge that no one can take away from you. And once you've nailed them and once you've spent the time learning what works for you and what doesn't, that's you plain sailing you can always revert back to it so if at the moment you feel that there's a little bit of work that can be done with your routine whether it be your morning routine uh evening how productive you are at work where your workouts fit into into the day all of these things your pattern of eating your timing etc if that is something that you feel could do with a little bit of work might i encourage you clients to book in a call with your coach asap to go over refining various aspects of that because it's something that I probably feel more strongly about now than I ever have because it's just been so so useful so whenever things feel like it's going they're going a bit crazy whenever everything's feels slightly chaotic you do have a series of things that you can fall back on and I'd love for everyone to have that. So as I say, if you have not, uh, if you feel that that's an area that we could improve and that could do with a little bit more uh, of a deep dive into book a call with your coach ASAP. Right, that is me. That's me done. Let's go into today's episode. Number 82, we're going to be talking all things sleep. Again, moving around a lot and changing things really flags up how important sleep is. Sleeping in different spaces, in different beds, in different environments. That sounds awful, doesn't it? Oh God, I just mean moving from different <laughs> Airbnbs and hotels and all of these things make you very, very aware of what it feels like to have or not a good night's sleep. And uh, it's really something that I wanted to, to go into because we all do it and we all spend a third of our lives sleeping we might as well maximize it. We might as well optimize it. Uh, the sleep industry is one that is definitely expanding. It's one that's definitely growing. And I think the more that we talk about health and the more that we talk about wellness, the more sleep and the importance of sleep as the backbone of your day is really coming to, to the forefront. Most sports teams now, you know, if they don't have a designated sleep 
specialist. They will have someone who has knowledge and awareness surrounding sleep. For your top class athletes, it's going to be one of the things that is, you know, really, really considered as part of recovery, as part of performance. And, you know, outside of being a a, a top athlete for, for busy mums and for those who have very, very, very demanding job roles, you want to perform the best that you possibly can in that role and sleep is one of the things that we um that we need in order to to allow for that so sleep it does take over a third of our lives it is something that we all have to do unfortunately it's not like that guy in twilight who can who can go without sleep is something that we have to factor in and as much as it would be you know, one of these things that we, I think we now choose to see sleep as a luxury when that simply isn't the case at all. Humans are the only animals that deprive themselves of sleep for no gain. No other animal in the, or mammal, animal, no other creature does this. They do not actively deprive themselves of sleep for no gain whatsoever. Um, The National Institute of Health suggests that more adults in the UK sleep less than seven hours per night than we have ever done before. So we are actively going out of our way to to limit the amount of sleep that, that we have. I do think there's a bit of glory behind that. You know, oh, I can only function on, or I can function on five hours of sleep. I'm absolutely fine on, on four. I do think we have this almost glorification of the less sleep, the better. Therefore, the less sleep, the harder worker I am, the less sleep, the more superhuman I am. I do think that is definitely in particularly around, you know, kind of executive roles and in uh, in corporate circles, that is very much the case. And it simply, it simply isn't the, it simply isn't true. In the UK is 37 million, that's 71% of people do not achieve the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep staggering amount 71% so my guess is that I'm talking to a fair few of you in today's recording um sleep is a very individual thing like much the uh, the aspects of health and wellness that we talk about is very much individual to you however there is only a marginal difference of sleep needs between men and women and you know as I say most people do require between seven and nine hours where you are on that spectrum whether you feel absolutely fine on seven whether you know nine is your kind of minimum that is a personal thing but it's definitely something to consider and be in tune with what is optimal for you there is such a thing as you know early birds or, or early larks and night owls that isn't necessarily myth the unfortunate thing about this is that although we might have personal and and genetic preferences to being either an early bird or a night owl society tends to lend itself to favoring those who are of an early bird nature now I actually when I was thinking about this a little bit more I kind of had to put my hands up and say do you know what I've actually done that. I've actually said on this podcast numerous times, and I do stand by it still, but I have said, you know, the best thing that I've ever done for my own either personal development, career, my own performance has been to get up earlier in the day. However, I'm absolutely not saying that that is the only way 
to go about doing things. I'm just calling on personal um, personal experience that this has some, been something that's worked really, really well for me. However, you know, you have to roll with what works best for you and and your body. I definitely know, particularly from, from university days, and I say this because we actually we used to work in a studio whereby it was almost, if you imagine, lines of battery hens. It was literally lines and lines of desks with tiny little partitions between them. You'd have hundreds of students in, in one warehouse, basically. And um, there was definitely those who you know were always the ones that were in first thing in the morning and would seem super, super productive. But then you'd see the ones who would come in later in the day and they'd still be working away well into the evening and into the night. And that to me was, a, when I reflect back on it, is a good demonstration of you know, personalities at work and and not just work ethic at play, but uh, a preference for when your energy levels are at their highest. And that will differ from person to person. So there is such a thing and being in tune with what works well for you is important. And as you mentioned, the, the kind of the realm or the, the industry of sleep really is is on the up, is on the up and is on the increase. But 50% of people who track macros so 50% of people who are conscious of their of their health and wellness do track and do log uh, you know their steps their food etc but only 15% track sleep in accordance with this so huge huge difference between the between the two so if you're tracking your your macros at the moment if you are using any kind of fitbit apple watch whoop aura anything like that you have a, a fitness tracker sleep will be on there and if it's not you will be more than it's more than possible to track your sleep with these devices and if it's not something that you're doing it's something you might want to think about over over the next little while like we say with all of these things do give them a a a little bit of a pinch of salt and it is data that we are that we're covering um if you were to take a true representation of sleep quality, et cetera, you would want to have things like blood tests. You'd have to sleep in a sleep lab, et cetera, all of that. But basic trackers are going to give you an indication. And what you may be able to do from this is take some of the points from this from this podcast and compare them to nights that you've logged to do with uh, to do with sleep. So it's definitely a consideration. Um, let's go into the kind of the the background behind sleep, the different kind of sleep that we can experience, the consequences of of sleep if we don't have it in in realms of kind of health, but also let's as ever bring it uh, into into the sphere of fat loss. And then what I'd like to do is really finish today's episode with some practical application of how you can improve your we call it your sleep hygiene which is looking at everything from you know quality quantity of sleep your routine around that we call that your sleep hygiene and we want to go away with some real actionable points that you can apply to to your night from from this evening ideally so first and foremost I'd like to go into the different kinds of sleep that we experience and I'm not going to go too deep into this. I'm not going to have a total deep dive into the the different cycles of sleep. However, what I think is really important to understand or have a grasp of even the background knowledge surrounding sleep is it's not just the quantity that we have, but it's the quality. So very often we we might actually have, you know, eight, nine plus hours of sleep. And maybe that doesn't actually feel that great. Why is that? Why does that happen? Well, 
it comes down to sleep working in actually natural cycles of activity. And this happens due to, to not just the, the, the hours, as we say, but it's what we experience when we're going through that cycle of sleep. There are two basic types of sleep. There's there's REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep, and non-REM sleep, of which within the non-REM sleep, there's three different stages. And when you sleep, your brain naturally cycles through various, basically, stages of activity. And there are four stages in total, and they're divided into the two phases. So your non-REM sleep, that happens first. So when you when you fall asleep, when you go to bed, your head hits the pillow, you will experience non-REM sleep. And that actually has three stages within that bracket. Um, the last two stages of non-REM sleep is when you sleep most deeply. And it's actually hard to wake up from that stage of sleep. So again, it's not just the duration that you're sleeping for, but it's where you happen to be within your sleep cycle impacts how you wake up. REM sleep happens about an hour to an hour and a half after falling asleep. And REM sleep, your rapid eye movement sleep, is when you tend to have pretty vivid, vivid dreams. So that's when you might experience a, a kind of you probably feel quite quite awake in certain ways, you probably feel quite switched on because that REM sleep is where you are exploring, kind of processing things that happened during the day, either things you experienced, fleeting thoughts that you had or your subconscious. That's what's going on there. You're kind of processing. Think of that as like you're processing uh, sleep and that's when you will really fuse together memory and an experience and it really impacts how you wake up and how you feel going into the day so REM sleep the more of that we can actually have during a night is actually going to be the thing that means you wake up in a much better mood essentially so as you sleep your body cycles through this non-REM and REM sleep and you usually start with with cycles you go into one stage you'll pass through to the next stage and then the cycle begins again and these full cycles generally take up to it depends on the person depends on the on the the duration of your of your stages but they generally take to about 90 to 110 minutes per cycle so that's why sometimes you can conversely feel a little bit fresher if you sleep less than if you have a long drawn out sleep it's all to do with actually where you wake up on the on the sleep cycle um as the night goes on you'll tend to have longer spells of rem sleep and less deep sleep so that's something that we will that we'll experience what you can do if you're listening to this is go and open your app via your, your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, et cetera, and look at the graphs that your tracker will have put together over the last couple of nights. And it will give you an idea of a typical cycle for you. As I say, it would be normal to look at between 90 minutes and 110 minutes, and but you will have your own pattern there and you'll be able to see that from your, from your tracker. So what are the primary consequences if we don't sleep? Now, I'm going to go through a couple of these, but you don't have to be a sleep specialist, a health and wellness expert, or a scientist to understand the problems that are presented with a bad night's sleep. You know, just think about the last time you didn't get the, the number of hours that you wanted. 
You know, we've all experienced it. We've been snappy the next morning. We've perhaps had poor judgment. We've made poor decisions. We've felt slow the next day. You know, maybe our workout wasn't exactly what we hoped for. Maybe we made poor decisions around food. Have you ever just woken up and had that real sense of brain fog where we didn't really feel awake until 9, 10 a.m. in the morning? You know, where it took two, three coffees to feel like we really got going, that we felt a, a lull in the afternoon. Maybe our work suffered. We skipped a couple of tasks or we, you know, very quickly sent off an email that wasn't perhaps worded the way we would want it to be. We all know what the consequences of a poor night's sleep feel like. However, it is a real, real thing. And I want to emphasize this. Um, insufficient sleep does reduce our learning, our memory, our cognitive abilities and causes long-term brain impairment. You know, if you are, you know, maybe you are learning new material at work, maybe you are studying at the moment for, for a set of exams, maybe you are trying to, to excel in your career, reducing sleep is not going to help that. This was a really interesting fact that I came across when I was uh, researching this podcast. There are more vehicle-related deaths in the US due to tiredness than alcohol and drugs combined. I found that terrifying. We're literally talking about people dying behind the wheel because they've not had enough sleep. More people than alcohol and drugs. Crazy. Um, and, you know, we've all seen those signs above the road. Tiredness kills. Like, it is, it's true. It's really, really true. Sleep problems are also a correlative factor in all major mental health conditions. Depression, anxiety, suicide. One of the, the side factors that are reported alongside these major mental health conditions is poor sleep. It's real. It's killing people. And increases sleep, lack of sleep, increases the risk of numerous diseases. Cancer, diabetes coronary heart disease, and even premature death. And the thing about this is that this is something that we can control. It, it infuriates me to a certain point, you know, that little button that comes up in the corner of Netflix that's like, we're just going to play the next episode now. We all do it. We all stay up a little bit longer, don't we? We all, you know, get up and we're trying to cram as much into our day as absolutely possible. We do things into the evening that we that we really shouldn't be. And the fact is we're not getting enough sleep and it's causing a real, real impact to the health of our of our Western world. So hopefully that's my point made. And outside of that, of the health implications, how are how is sleep linked to fat loss? So if I can't trigger your your want to improve your health, let's relate this to directly to fat loss. We are likely to overconsume calories the following day. Now, this is going to be totally, totally dependent on the person, on the individual, but an average of an additional 385 calories the following day after a, a bad night's sleep. And you will have experienced this, and it's, it's perfectly natural. If your body is lacking in energy from sleep, it's going to want to find energy from the easiest place possible. And that is in the form of food. We've all had that whereby really, really bad night's sleep. I'm going to look for something. I'm looking for the high sugar hit. I want the the something in the morning that's actually going to hit my system faster. I'm going to choose the extra chocolate bar in the afternoon to curb my 3 p.m. slump. We've all done this. But be very, very clear that if you are chronically sleep deprived, you are going to be looking for energy elsewhere. And that comes in the form of food. 
the type of food we're drawn towards also changes because you're looking for that pick-me-up energy source. So instead of reaching for the, the banana or the fruit or that you want the chocolate and the biscuits and the, the high-calorie coffee, the thing that's going to make you feel better, the type of food, the comfort foods that we are drawn towards changes. And that's not exclusive to you. We all do this. But again, be very, very mindful that that draw that we have towards hyper uh, palatable higher calorie density foods is innate it's in there it's because we're not getting enough um energy from from our our night's sleep training intensity is hard to generate so if you are someone who is looking for progression in the gym if you're looking to improve strength build lean muscle tissue you're getting really used to seeing progress you're doing more weights more reps more sets in the gym that's going to come to a standstill if you're not sleeping enough training intensity is really really hard to generate if there's no fuel if there's no fire if there's no oomph a lot of that comes from sleep your recovery is fundamentally compromised if you're not sleeping so remember muscular repair occurs primarily when we sleep so if you aren't doing this you're not allowing your body the chance to actually replenish we always talk about when we're talking about recovery sleep and nutrition eat enough protein, prioritize whole foods, and sleep. It's the number one thing that's going to help you recover properly. So you're going into sessions feeling fresher. If you're going into sessions feeling fresher, you'll be able to push harder. Your recovery time will also be reduced. That's advantageous. It means that you can create more training volume over the span of the week. You can train more regularly. You've got more energy, more drive for those sessions when you do go in and do them. Prolonged lack of sleep is linked to obesity. So people who regularly sleep less than six hours generally have a higher BMI because of all of these factors listed above. You'll move less, you'll exercise less, you'll eat more. You're going to have a higher BMI. Okay, so th this is fact. This is something to think about. Dieting is easier when your mood is higher. That's the psychological aspect. When you're in a better mood, it's easier to diet. We've all experienced that. So set yourself up for success by making sure that you are as energized as possible because if you're in a better mood, this whole process is more enjoyable. And sleep is personal. It's really important to be clear on that. It might be a case temporarily if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, Caroline, at the moment, you know, I'm on my fat loss journey. Things are are going really well generally, but I know I've got deadlines coming up or I have a, a small child who's teething or, you know, at the moment I'm studying for these exams. Like temporarily, things are very, very busy for me. We understand that. And sleep, like many things, may end up coming in waves whereby there are various points of the month the week, maybe even the year, where sleep quality is better for you. Maybe you find that you're someone who sleeps much better when the evenings are darker because it allows you a better opportunity to wind down and actually you're getting to sleep much earlier than you would during the summer months. Again, it, it is personal, but we have to think about the, the long-term effect of sleep and fat loss. If you want to consistently see progress um, on the scale, if that's your goal, remember it's not linear, but we do want to be making positive changes over time. And sometimes with sleep, we have to look at your 
lifestyle factors. And if you're juggling busy family life, maybe, you know, Monday to Friday, getting eight hours for you is a real, real, real push. We can make contingency plans around that. And maybe it's a case of looking at, right, how do I essentially top up sleep over the weekend and actually forego a couple of hours Monday to Friday? Overall, I'm getting an okay balance. This is okay in the short term and I'm willing to do this. Being equipped with the knowledge that actually having less sleep is going to impact things like training means that I'm going to choose to switch my sessions to to the weekend when I'm going to be better fueled and better recovered. We can make these kind of decisions when we know more about your personal lifestyle. And that's the type of thing that I would want you having an exchange with with your coach to make sure that we're on the same page with sleep. So as much as we're saying, you know, get seven, eight, nine hours a night if you can, we do understand that there needs to be a bit of give or take with that as well. And it might be a case of removing balance in certain weeks of the of the month um, and certain times of the year and factoring in, you know, times of having pit stops where you stock up on extra sleep. Again, totally personal to personal to you. And it's something that I would like to have a discussion with you about if you feel that this is something that would that would impact you if you have a job that is particularly seasonal, or if you have a, always have a busy end of month, for example, and um, that's worth a worth a back and forth on. So I think we've emphasized enough the the issues about lack of sleep. I think, you know, you can hammer that home all day. Bottom line is we need to be making sure that we're getting and improving sleep hygiene. So quality, quantity, routine, et cetera. How do we actually do that? What can you do tonight? Not for the, you know, not in a week's time, not I'll start again on Monday. What can you tangibly do this evening to improve your sleep hygiene. And there are a number of things that you can do. And I'm not necessarily saying, you know, to bring all of these in straight away, but perhaps having a a considered view on these. And if I'm reading things out here that you're saying, God, I never even take that into account. Maybe it's about time that we brought that in. So let's go through these and hopefully there's a few in here that you can that you can bring into play. So definitely having consistency in sleeping and waking time. So making sure that you have a set bedtime and a set wake up time. And I mean it when I say this should apply over the duration of the week. And I know we have this notion that, okay, it's the weekend, let's sleep in a little bit more. That maybe does apply to you. But having consistency definitely in bedtime is something that I would really, really encourage. And the funny thing is, we're really good at doing this with kids. And if you're a parent yourself, you probably have experienced this, that you're pretty strict on when bedtime is, particularly in those early years. Why? Because young children really thrive on routine. We're not that different. We're really not. But for some reason, we ignore, as soon as we're allowed to make our own decisions, we start ignoring what is best for us in favor for what we want to do or what will allow us to fit that extra episode in or you know, to spend a little bit more time on our phone or to continue scrolling. We literally, we park the, the rules to the side and we basically do what we want. And bottom line is it's not done a lot of us that much good. So maybe going back to consistency in, in routine is the first place to start. 
Practical things to do with environment. So making sure your room is actually a cool enough temperature. One of the best things that we can do is make sure that our that our environment is cooler so that we're not actually distracted by, by the temperature in the room. And actually sleeping in a cooler temperature is linked to better quality of sleep. So I'm not saying throw the windows open. I'm not saying, you know, keep your room super, super chilled. It's not entirely um, pleasant, but making sure that your room is a cool enough temperature while you sleep. One thing that I almost guarantee we're all guilty of is limiting blue light before sleep. Blue light is emitted from your electronic devices. So your TV, your tablet, your laptop, your phone, all of these devices omit blue light and that blue light actually compromises and stops our body's ability to produce hormones that signal to us that it's time to wind down. When we limit blue light, either by just not looking at screens at all, or there is an argument for things like blue light blocking glasses, when we do bring these factors into play, what you're signaling to your body is, right, okay, we're not programming you anymore. We're not, you know, we're not going uh, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. We're allowing ourselves to wind down and to um, to remove that uh, that signal to to stay awake. And um, so, limiting blue lights and having a set time for you before bed, ideally as long as possible, and having a hard stop with devices is going to be something that's going to help. And having a set wind down routine. Again, this is all about being consistent. So, if you get your body into a uh, a routine of right the laptop turns off for example then I make dinner then I do this then I you know have a shower or have you know practice my skincare routine or read a book or whatever works for you I'm not saying it needs to be a, a certain pattern in the same way as a morning routine can look like whatever it does for you so can your evening routine it can be as long as you want it can be as short as you want but consistency there is going to act as your body signal to start the process of right okay once we do this then we do this then we do this then we sleep Kids are very, very similar. It usually works, doesn't it? Pajamas or bath, pajamas, story, bed. We just need to bring our own version of that into the into play. On the flip side, having an effective waiting, waking strategy. So if you are someone who is prone to snoozing, perhaps your current strategy isn't working for you. Maybe you want to look at other avenues. I've talked about this before in the podcast, but having alarms, you know, outside of the bedroom or on the other side of the room that help you get up. I'm actually in favor at the moment of waking up in a different way than noise. So I actually like the the setting on my Fitbit that is that wakes you up via slow vibrations rather than having a very jarring noise. I don't think it's a very relaxing way to start the morning or the likes of a Lumi light, which mimics the pattern of sunrise and ideally over, over a half hour spell, lightens the room to a to mimic brightness and sunrise, which particularly over the winter months has been really, really an enjoyable way to wake up, I have to say. So having an effective waking strategy and getting into that um into that pattern is is incredibly helpful. Light in the morning generally. Um, October to March, there are only eight hours of sun in the UK, 16 hours in the summer, but only eight hours in the morning, in the day, sorry. So the best thing that you can do to actually improve sleep 
is conversely to get light on your face in the morning. So if you can do that, if you can get pure sunlight on your face, whether it be, you know, stepping outside as part of your, you know, having a morning coffee outside, whether it be going on a, a walk, whether it be just be taking a moment to get sunlight on your face, that actually in terms of hormone profile helps you signal uh, your circadian rhythm, which actually, so as well as signaling your wake up, therefore helps your wind down as well. So really, really important to get light on your face in, in the morning. And then conversely, really a good idea to have dim light in your environment from in the UK at the moment, 5pm onwards. So while it's dark outside, you want to keep your lights inside as dim as absolutely possible to again, help that transition into into the wind down. Um, warm showers in the evening can help to lower your body's core temperature. So if you're having that kind of warm experience in the evening, it can help lower that core temperature again, signaling right it's time to get into bed, it's time to sleep. Again, you can weave that in as part of your wind down routine. All of these points, um, they're not mutually exclusive. You can start to layer them on top of each other to create really, really good sleep hygiene. And the last one that I'll mention is something that I do and that I've done over the last while, while I've been sleeping, as I say, in these different environments, using a sleep mask. So actually using, I know it's comical, it really, really is, using one of these masks that goes over your eyes and creates real darkness. And there's something about it for me now that signals, again, all routine, signals as soon as that mask goes on, sleep is going to happen. And it's actually very, very relaxing, I have to say. So if you've not tried a sleep mask, you get them like on flights and things now. That was where my love of a sleep mask actually came from, was a, a long haul flight and using it then. And it's just stuck ever since. Absolutely love it. So those are all things that you can try. And the bottom line with this is practice. Really practice your sleep routine. Like anything, practice makes perfect and it's a skill and it's going to be a, a try and test situation. Try a couple of these out. If you don't find that they're beneficial for you, switch them out, change them. Trying new things and actually implementing them regularly is what's going to make a massive, massive difference to your quality and quantity of sleep that you're getting generally. So I think that's all from me from today. I think this is more than enough to, to go on, but the true value in this will become in the, in the application of it. If you've listened to this and there's even one or two points that you feel that you can apply straight away, this is where the value in the podcast is. And perhaps you have someone in your life at the moment who is going through a tough time. Maybe things are particularly busy at work. Maybe you've noticed them grabbing that extra coffee. Maybe they look a little bit more tired at the moment. If you can send this podcast to them and it can do some good elsewhere, absolute, this is amazing. Really, really great. So if you can send this podcast to, to someone who would find it valuable, or alternatively, if you can share it on your, on your social channels, we would really appreciate it. And we want to help as many people as possible get a better night's sleep and therefore improve their, their health and wellness factors. So I think this is more than enough for me from today. If you have not yet taken our health check review, the link to that is in the show notes as ever. We, clients of ours we are live in the Facebook group Wednesdays at 6 30 p.m and if you have absolutely any questions off the back of this podcast regarding your own sleep 
pattern, please reach out to your coach so we can start to remedy that straight away and ideally really set you up with an effective um, evening routine as well as a, a morning one as well. Those are really going to make massive, massive differences to your to your progress long term. We will catch up next week. I hope everyone's having a wonderful week so far. And um, yeah, we'll touch base very soon.